Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis and Nick Verzellini. Good afternoon and welcome into this Friday, July 29th edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10, brought to you in part by the Brown Funeral Home and Cremations, Robert Fields and Sons, a family-owned full-service funeral home that has proudly served our area since 1880. Spencer Puinick Verzellini and the one and only Avery Newport, intern turned part-time employee turned now going to grad school his final day. Uh, well, his final day on the program, not final day employed by Hornby Media Group. True, I will be helping well, out. Nothing's guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say uh, I will be helping out tomorrow at the youth fair, but uh, yeah, yeah, today's no, last. No, you're also in for news on Monday. True, true, yeah. correct. But um, yeah, I mean, today's my last official day in the studio on the sports mix as a uh, employed member of the team. So um, yeah, very bittersweet. As I've uh, said the last couple of days, I've you know loved working here and made some great friends and some great memories, and I've gained a lot of great experience. So it's um, very bittersweet. But I am looking forward to starting grad school and starting a new chapter. You know? Starting a new chapter, boy. We'll talk the last segment. We'll just talk your fun times you've had here. Uh, we're going to be off the air all of next week due to the youth fair. Uh, and then we'll be coming back on August 8th, which will be very close. Was it August 9th or 11th was our debut show last year? I think you had mentioned it was the 9th. So, yeah, we'll do something special August 9th for our one-year anniversary of being on the air. Uh, but let's get into some local sports. We'll first start with uh, – Junior League Baseball as uh, Jefferson fell to Logan 10-5 to last night in the state championship for the juniors. Uh, but because they had gone in undefeated, uh, Logan will have to beat them twice. So they'll play the decisive championship game this evening at 6 p.m. Best of luck to them uh, as they go for a state championship and look to make it to the regionals. As uh, they've, obviously Jefferson County's got a great uh, great baseball program up from little league all the way to the high school level. Yeah, I mean the history is there at Jefferson for a reason. They, you know, find ways to uh, you know have success at all the levels of baseball, and that starts really with little league. If you want to have success at the high school level, you have to have the right coaches in place at that little league level that can kind of. Uh, you know, help make those players uh, go on to have success. And Jefferson obviously has that tradition. Um, and, yeah, best of luck to them. Hopefully they're able to get that state championship. Yeah, they got down 10-1 to one, uh, through the six-and-a-half – or, excuse me, five-and-a-half frames. Uh, were able to put four runs in the bottom of the seventh inning as they play seven innings in junior league. Uh, but that was it as they fell 10-5. to five. Uh, but best of luck to them tonight as they go for a state championship. And uh, thought was wanting to uh, talk about a win today in a potential championship game for the Berkeley Post 14 Hornets. Unfortunately, uh, they fell yesterday to Morgantown Post two, three to one as they were uh, they were one hit yesterday. Just couldn't get the bats going. Uh, sacrifice fly uh, scored Connor Bailey by Baden Hartman. And uh, just one hit that coming from Jack Reisenweber in the leadoff spot. They did get on base six times, though, with uh, or seven times with six walks. 
Uh, but Dylan Stevens, unfortunately, suffers a loss. Four and a third inning, seven hits, three runs, all earned, three walks, two strikeouts. Trevor Bohr came in, two innings, two and two-thirds innings of just three-hit ball, no runs on four strikeouts. Uh, but this Morgantown team, unfortunately, or, yeah, unfortunately, they were able to get ten hits and uh, get three runs in there as uh, their four, five, and six guys had those three RBIs and combined uh, for five hits. Yeah. Uh, overall, though, I think Berkeley Post-14 had a really good run. Uh, they ran into some tough competition there at the state tournament. Uh, you know, come up a little bit short there, but they were competitive throughout the state tournament, were competitive throughout the season. So while it wasn't the result you wanted, uh, still a really good season for them. Um, and it would have been you know cool to obviously see them win it all. We thought maybe this year could be the year for them with what we had seen uh, in the games we covered. But you know we knew also that a lot of the teams they were playing up there had some impressive rosters, had some impressive wins, and we're gonna and we're going to be a tough competition. So. It's disappointing for Berkeley Post 14, but definitely not something to be uh, ashamed of, of coming up short uh, of winning it all this year. And uh, maybe they can do it next year. So I think there are a lot of positives that they had this season, and they had a great run uh, to make it that far in the state tournament. Yeah, and uh, congrats to them. Best of of luck for uh, those guys uh, in uh, Kami and Gonzalez and Colin, or excuse me, and uh, Jack Reisenweber, who uh, will are no longer eligible for the team as they've aged out there as they go back to college for their sophomore seasons with Kami and Gonzalez transferring uh, to Shepard and uh, Jack Reisenweber back at the University of Charleston. And, uh, you know, it's the EPAC. There's a lot of great baseball players. So, uh, you know, Tripp's going to have a, a reloaded team next year and uh, hopefully be able to win a state championship and move on to regionals. Uh, but it was a you know it was a pleasure covering them this summer and you know being able to talk to Trip multiple times a week and you know being available to us during his busy work days uh, because uh, especially for him I know like he's you know he's gone when he goes to these tournaments so he can't work but he takes time out of his day on Mondays Tuesdays Wednesdays like every day of the week he's taking time out to talk to us on the air so I want to thank him uh, this summer and uh, back in the spring for. Uh, for high school season when he did color with us. Uh, but uh, unfortunately, Berkeley Post 14 falls and their season ends, um, as I believe. I'm trying to see who won the other games. It appears uh, Parkersburg Post 15 beat Buchanan Post 7, 9 to 1. I don't think they ended up getting that Charleston, South Charleston game in. It appears due to the weather um, that was there yesterday because Berkeley Post 14 game was supposed to be at 4 p.m. It didn't get started until I believe after 6 p.m. or six somewhere around 6 p.m. last night, according to the Game Changer. Um, so they m- might be playing three games today if if uh, if that all goes down. I don't, I'm assuming that is what happened because I don't see uh, the the winner there for the a South Charleston and Buchanan game. But uh, again. Congrats to the Berkeley Post 14 Hornets on a great season this year. And that'll do it for the first segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Hagerstown Ford, revolutionizing the car buying experience. Buy your next vehicle online. They'll deliver it to you. If you like it, they'll take it back. Go to HagerstownFord.com for more. On the other side of this break, we will uh, talk some baseball. Otani could be moved at the deadline and uh, for the Nationals. They've got the cards in town tonight. And uh, according to some ESPN reports, 
it appears uh, Soto could be dealt to those cards. Do we see it this weekend? We'll talk about that next after this two-minute break. You're tuning in to the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. I made it down the coast in 17 hours, picking me a bouquet of dogwood flowers. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to this edition of the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Things could get crazy in D.C. this weekend uh, with a trade potentially looming for Juan Soto. Uh, The Nats are back in town after a a West Coast swing where they were in Arizona and L.A. Had a day off yesterday, and uh, they play tonight. 7.05, Anibal Sanchez on the mound for the Nationals. But the big big story here is, uh, according to ESPN, uh, Bradford, let me see who writes this. Bradford Doolittle and David Schoenfield uh, about potential uh, places where players could get dealt. Uh, one of them is Juan Soto to the Cardinals. Uh, the Cardinals do, from what I've been you know looking through, they have a pretty pretty good farm system right now. Oh yeah, they always have a good farm system. You know, they have uh, the Cardinal way, quote unquote, where uh, you know they always develop their young guys to play a certain way to fit within the the organization and so yeah they they always do a really good job they put a lot of time and effort into developing their farm system so if if you're going to trade Juan Soto anywhere I think you're going to get a pretty promising return if you dealt if you deal him to St. Louis because they've always got guys uh in the pipeline that are ready to play and um they can the the Cardinals can offer some pretty attractive pieces to the Nats who I think are in Pretty clearly, they're in a, a rebuild mode here where they're going to try and sell off their best stars to develop some of their younger prospects. So, yeah, if you want to get a good prospect pool, and that's what the Nats have been asking for in trade negotiations these last couple of weeks, then uh, the Cardinals look like a pretty decent destination. And that would make sense for St. Louis, too, given that they're in a playoff battle right now, and they're battling with Milwaukee in the NL Central. So and they probably want to send, uh, you know, Yadier Molina, Albert Pujols, out with the World Series championship. And possibly, Juan Soto yeah. could help with that. Yeah, I'll I mean, they, they too. Uh, the Cards have five of the top 100 prospects in MLB.com's uh, prospect rankings. So for the Nationals, I think it's probably going to come down to I think St. Louis and San Diego. San Diego only has three of the top 100, but they have other prospects that are highly uh considered to be talented guys um and, and i think those and the reason why i throw san diego in there too i think they're the kind of team that would be aggressive enough they're always aggressive at the deadline to maybe even throw in some of their younger mlb talents uh over to the nats so i think those two teams have kind of emerged as the favorites to land juan soto unless maybe the yankees were to come in because obviously they have a lot of good prospects as well but um I think, uh, like Avery said, you know, St. Louis makes a lot of sense in the fact that they have the prospects to do it. Uh, I think they could definitely get a deal done for Soto long term. Um, They are in a position of making the playoffs this year, and they have a need, obviously, for a right fielder. So um, that, that does seem to put them... San Diego, if the Yankees were to get involved, I think they could be obviously one of the favorites, but 
you know, the Yankees are in a tough situation because they already have their star right fielder and Aaron Judge that they have to pay. Uh, but obviously Soto could play left or center too if you wanted him to. Uh, defensively, and Judge could even play center. So, you know, they, it'll be interesting to see. It'll what be happens. interesting to see what happens. I think St. Louis and San Diego have kind of emerged as the favorites right now, based on what I've been reading. I, I saw on Twitter the other day that uh, the Padres were in serious negotiations with. Yeah, I could see the Dodgers being in there as well. That's true. Padres, you know, obviously you the, and the Dodgers the love to just trade everybody to the Dodgers. So might as well just move the team to LA. <laughs> All right, yeah, Scherzer last. I mean, you year, might as well Trey just kept Turner. the team together if you're just going to send all of your players to the Dodgers and they're in contention for a World Series, right? Yeah, well, only one player they sent last year is still there. The other and one's back true. in the NL East. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the other player on the move. Speaking of a guy from the Los Angeles area, I guess it's Anaheim is uh the angels are looking potentially to trade shohei otani uh minnesota could be the team the twins could be a team that he goes to yeah well they're listening to offers for shohei otani i don't know if they're going to actively shop him uh i think those are two different things but it it's so it's so disappointing if you're an angels fan i think to just root for this team because well you literally have mike trout and shohei otani speaking of still not good did we see what happened with mike trout what is happening did did you guys not see that story i did not so i read this it was a kind of a thing i saw on twitter i didn't read a lot into it but uh he is diagnosed with a rare back condition that's gonna hamper him throughout the rest of his career Hmm. a con Costoveral brawl dysfunction at the T5. What? So we need the sports doctor. We do. A Costoveral dysfunction at the T5 joint. Well, that sounds painful. Yeah, that sounds painful. (laughs) And And it makes sense, really, considering that he's missed a lot of time over the last couple of seasons with various injuries. So... um, yeah, I, I agree with your point, Nick. It's It's got to be a really tough life to be an Angels fan because you've got arguably the two best baseball players in the world at the peak of their powers, and they're one of the worst well, teams in the world. Well, you could argue now league. that Trout is not necessarily at his peak anymore, but still a very good player. True. And they do have Rendon as well. I know he's had injury issues. So part of it is the fact that they just haven't been healthy. Uh, Otani's had his injury issues in the past. Now the past two years, he's been pretty healthy for them. Um, you know they brought in Noah Syndergaard. He hasn't really done much for them as a starter, but they just don't have anything around those guys. But you'd think they would be a competitive team because not only do you have those two names to kind of lead your organization, but you're in LA. You're a big market. You can definitely uh, acquire free agents and players to build around to make them you know one of the powerhouses in the mlb but they just haven't been that way for whatever reason uh so it's got to be frustrating for the angels otani though i would imagine he'd probably get the biggest like trade in history yeah i mean because <laughs> not yeah. only are you getting a really good bat in your lineup you're getting an all-star pitcher yeah. in your lineup so i mean we haven't seen a player like That's him insane. in a hundred years, yeah. you know. Yeah. Like there's, there's, I don't even, I don't like, off the top of my head, I can't and think of anything. He's the best at doing it, right? Yeah, I mean, not only is he a good pitcher, or that he can do both, but he's an all star. He's he's made a pitching all star team and as a hitter too. 
which is astonishing. Very impressive. You know, like we've never seen in our lifetimes a guy like him who has that skill set. I don't think you can come up with a trade that equals the value that he brings to your team, both as a pitcher and as a hitter, because nobody else can do that. It's it's quite a conundrum that the Angels are in because, um, you know, they they I don't think any team in the league could come up with a package that would really, you know, make sense well, for both could, sides. But yeah, would it make sense for both sides? Right, this yeah. a yeah. big thing there. And to your point, Nick, about why they still kind of are, are in the dumps all the time, despite having all these talented players, I think the answer really comes down to how much money the Angels have and where they choose to spend it. Because the Angels and their owner, Artie Moreno, do not hesitate to spend on free agent contracts. That has been more than evident over the last couple of years with the Rendon signing, yeah. with giving Trout one of the biggest contracts Boys. ever, and Otani, uh, too, thrown in there. They absolutely will spend money on free agents. It's every other aspect of the organization where they don't spend a lot of money. They don't develop much time or money or effort to their farm system. Their farm system is routinely one of the lowest ranked in the majors. Uh, They have, I think, only like 16 or something full-time scouts in there. I did not know that. It's a super small scouting department. Like, you... If you want to be a like a routinely successful organization, you can't choose to spend willy nilly in some aspects of the organization and choose to be frugal in other areas. You know, you've got to have a more holistic, well-rounded approach to how you spend your money as an organization. Yeah, I, I think those are definitely good points because you look at teams like the Yankees and the Dodgers that are consistently good, and it's like their payroll is through the roof, but they also have you know, four or five guys in the top 100 in prospects typically. And the angels don't really have that. So they have the talent at the MLB level in some positions, but they don't have that organizational depth that I think makes you that consistent powerhouse, like you said. So that may be something that's overlooked. And I think they need to address that. I think something, one last point about this, that's kind of funny, uh, but also probably damaging to their franchise long-term is that their owner, Artie Moreno, has heard all these complaints about where they spend money and where they don't. And in particular, one of those concerns was about their farm system and how they draft and how they don't really spend a lot of draft capital on pitchers over the last 10 or so years. So in response to that criticism, uh, the Angels, uh, I don't think it was this draft. I think it was last year's draft. Uh, every draft pick they had, they spent on a pitcher. And they didn't draft any hitters in the draft, which to me screams like, you know, oh, yeah, you don't think we draft pitchers? Well, every draft pick we have this year, we're going to draft a pitcher with it. <laughs> <laughs> so probably not good for the for the health of the franchise in terms of developing prospects. But, uh, yeah, just I think it kind of speaks to um, instead of having a well-rounded organization that develops time and money and effort into drafting and scouting properly, uh, they just kind of spend money on free agents and you know they just leave the scouting to uh, to somebody else. So yeah, that that's kind of where they are as an organization. I think that's why they have some of the best players in the majors and they're one of the worst teams in the league. August 2nd at 6 p.m. is the trade deadline. See where those two go. There's another name that potentially could be going somewhere. And uh, he and his what could potentially be his last home game 
yesterday uh, for the Orioles, and they made it the inaugural Mo Gabba Day. Mo Gabba, uh, special part of that organization. I believe he was a Make-A-Wish kid? No. Uh, no. He was just a fan. Just a fan. community that had that was blind and had cancer. I don't know if he was part of Make-A-Wish or not, but he was uh, – you know, he, he would call into like the radio and, and uh, stuff. So he was just like a big Ravens Orioles fan. And uh he was very close to Trey Mancini. You know, they had kind of built a bond. So that was cool to see the inside the park. This is what he Trey. did right here. You'll hear it courtesy of Masson. In the air to right. Low will drip back. Low doesn't see it. Low lost the ball. Here comes Hayes. Trey's going to go to third. Trey's going to be waved home. Here comes Mancini. He is safe. 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 A fairy tale has come to life. Well, I can tell you this. If it's his last home at bat, it will be one he will never, ever forget. And neither will the fans here in Baltimore. What a day yesterday for Trey Mancini and uh you know, they just said it right there on the broadcast. Could be his last game at home as uh, they're in Cincinnati this weekend. Colin going to, I think, two of those games. Uh, and then they go to Texas, right? Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, they're at Texas for a three-game set starting Monday. Uh, but Trey Mancini could be dealt at the deadline. And uh, if he is, he got the the you know the send-off he would have wanted. That or seems, the fans would have wanted for him. Yeah, that seems to be the rumor. And, and I had said, you know, it made sense to maybe trade him a few days ago. But I do still think that he's kind of a guy that shouldn't really be traded because of what he means to the organization and the fan base. And I know you can't always make your moves based on what will make the fans happy. But I just think that he's kind of been the leader of this team. And they also are a team that is only three games back of the wild card as of today. And like you mentioned, Spencer, the Reds are terrible, so they should be able to sweep them. And then they got the Rangers, who are mediocre. So, I mean, there's a chance for the Orioles to potentially be in the wild card after these next two series. Uh, and if you were just to give up on Trey Mancini, maybe it doesn't make the best sense. I, I get maybe long-term they'll, they'll have a better chance to actually win a World Series or something like that. I don't think that can happen this year, but they are a team in playoff contention. And we keep saying uh, it's going to drop off at some point, but it hasn't. So, well, I think it certainly could if they trade Mancini. That's yeah. <laughs> you know, to agree with you there, Nick. I, um, I I get that it's a long-term move that they're thinking of here, and in the future, Mancini might not be the player he is now. We've talked about before how uh, first basemen on those long-term deals tend to decline pretty rapidly in skill over the the length of that deal. So. The Orioles might be saving themselves in the future, but in terms of the present right now, they've got a fun team to watch. They've got a team that is fighting for a playoff spot. I'd like to see them stay, just at least for this year. And then for the long-term stuff, you can worry about it later. But just for this year, to keep the momentum they have now, uh, I really hope they don't move them at the deadline. All right, well, that will do it for this segment of the Sports Mix, brought to you in part by Orsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store any longer. Cabinets and designer bedding, outdoor living, and his family and an operator right here in Martinsburg at 360 Hack Wilson Way. You can go to Orsini's.com for more. On the other side of this break, we'll get into the NFL training camps getting started the other day. Uh, we also have news about Commander's owner Dan Snyder 
as he testified to the House Oversight Committee uh, for everything that was going on there. Uh, interesting how long it lasted. We're awaiting potentially a transcript. Uh, we talked about Kyler Murray's contract. Something happened there. Uh, I feel like the Cardinals got bullied into doing something. And uh, DK Metcalf extension as well. We'll talk about that after this two-minute break. You're tuning in the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10 back in two minutes. <laughs> Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. I thought this was appropriate for the next topic, all the small things. It's kind of Mark Mary Short. <laughs> All the oh, small hey, things. there you go. <laughs> I was going to talk about all the small the things small in the details contract. in the contract. Uh, but before we get to that, uh, I forgot to put this in the first segment because we were running around busy this morning. Uh, we've got some Shepherd news, Shepherd Athletics news. Yesterday afternoon, get the email, uh, the release, the uh, Shepherd University Vice President for Athletics, Chauncey Wimbush, announced that they have a... Uh, have a new strength and conditioning coach. That's Nick Adkinson. He comes to Shepard after working as a GA with the strength and conditioning program at the University of Akron, where he oversaw the strength and conditioning for the baseball and women's lacrosse teams while assisting with men's and women's hoops. Prior to Akron, he was a strength and conditioning intern with the football program at the University of Florida. He is coming back to Shepard. He actually graduated from Shepard in 2020 with a bachelor's degree in health promotion and exercise science. Uh, he was a member of the baseball team from 2018 to 19, and uh, he earned first team all MEC honors in 2018 uh, for baseball. And uh, he's coming back. He's st- he is a- slated to graduate with his master's degree in sports science and coaching from Akron in December. So I'm a- presuming take some online classes. Uh, but guy coming back to Shepherd to be the strength and conditioning coach. That's a uh, pretty big when you can bring a guy back to your to your school to your athletic department who had stops at. You know, Power Five school, yeah, Division One programs. programs. That's a really good sign to me that he rose up through the ranks that quickly. I mean, to to be working at Akron as a you know assistant strength coach and a GA and all that stuff, like that. That's pretty cool that he's already got D one experience and he's obviously been able to take uh, you know what he's learned at the D one level about how to properly train and condition your athletes, and uh, hopefully he can take he can take that knowledge and. Help Shepherd train like a like a D one program would. So uh, hire seems great to me. You know, hopefully uh, he he seems like a young guy. He's he's got a good head on his shoulders. You know, he's gonna finish up his degree here at Shep- or at uh, at Akron. So uh, all good signs to me. I, I think it's a good hire so far. All great signs. And then we get a release this morning again at eleven forty five. Head football coach Randy McCook announced today that they have replaced. Defensive line coach Ramel Fontroy, who had resigned to accept a similar position with Morgan State recently, they've hired Leverin Bellin, uh, excuse me, Bellin, as to be the new defensive line coach. He comes to Shepherd after serving as the defensive line coach at the University of Delaware for the past five seasons. He had a stint at University of Richmond as the defensive line coach from 2011 to 2017. Prior to that, he was at Liberty University. 2009 to 2011 uh he coached three playoff teams at richmond and a pair of big south conference champion teams at liberty uh so new defensive line coach there for shepherd 
but I wouldn't expect much different because they have a lot of guys coming back on that D-line. Nick? Yeah, they do. They do lose the, a few yeah. key pieces there, uh, but Kyle Smith is back. Uh, Matt Bendarski is back, the defensive tackle, so those are some names that come back. Avery made me laugh, though. He kind of sounded like a dad evaluating the guy that his daughter is dating or something. He's like, good head on his shoulders, good kid out there. <laughs> he doesn't even know the guy. Oh, yeah, I know, but, you know, he's going back to school. He's getting his degree. I, I respect that, you know? I mean, yeah. It's a good sign. Uh, that is a good sign, I yeah. guess. But it's just funny the way you said that. <laughs> he's a fine young lad. <laughs> All right, now let's get into some NFL news. Uh, Kyler Murray, uh, well, the Cardinals have removed the independent study clause from Kyler Murray's contract. Uh, kind of quickly here, I think they were bullied into doing that. We saw, It was all over ESPN shows. It was all over every sports talk program in the country. Uh, I think they just got bullied into changing it because it, it was, I mean, all contracts are public once they're signed and they go through uh, the official process. So it was going to come out at some point, but I think it was, it wasn't in there. I don't think as you need to do this. I think it was just we obviously want you to do this and we can null and void your contract if we see that you're not doing it. Yeah, I mean, there is pretty wide... I think it was a threat. I don't think it was more of like... Well, yeah, but I mean, the optics of that are not great either way when you have to, you know, if, in your words, Spencer, like, threaten your franchise quarterback who you're paying $200 million to, to, to do that kind of stuff. Like, it's not a good look. Uh, if you're the Cardinals franchise, so yeah, it's wise of them to take that clause out of the uh, out of his contract. Yeah, I think it's a bad decision. To take Why do you think that? Because it shows that you're weak. <laughs> you well, put it in there for a reason because you didn't believe Kyler Murray was doing this stuff before, so now he has no incentive to do it. Well, I think you, you don't have to put it in the contract. I think the criticism just... was more on Murray than the Cardinals, hmm. because I think people were saying. Why Why do the Cardinals feel the need to put this in? Because is Kyler Murray not doing these things? So I think the reason why they did it was to protect Murray from the criticism. Yeah, and I think it also, like, if you watch, I, I, the biggest thing that I saw, because it was all over Twitter, uh, was Ryan Clark on Get Up. Yeah, that's what I had sold to. And it was more of like the, why is this in a contract? You're a quarterback. You see Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, those guys, they're they're studying 90% of their life. They're not at the facility they're studying. Right. While they're already studying still at the facility. Yeah. So I think that was the reason why they removed it. Not so much that they were worried about criticism for them putting it in the contract, but more so how people were, I guess, viewing Kyler Murray as a quarterback and a leader more so than what the Cardinals had did. But I think they should have just kept it in because, I mean, at this point, everybody already knew about it. So what does it really matter? You take it out now. Yeah. Now it just—it's very much now a PR. If Murray doesn't do it, it's like. But how would they have even known if he's going to study these hours unless they have some tracking way on whatever system they uh, use? I, I think that the uh, it's the iPads yeah. you can track however long and when people are pausing and stopping. That's what I heard. Uh, some like player that had just retired, not Ryan Clark. Somebody else had said, you know, they can track all this via the iPad system that they're giving out. I know technically in high school we were required like so many hours to watch on huddle, and what you did was you just put it on your phone, put your phone on charge, went to sleep, and then you got your hours. 
<laughs> All right, that's how they get. Wow. That's how they do it. It's and, pretty uh, bold, Nick, to say that on well, the air. I didn't like, play that much. He's yet. like seven years out, six. We years were zero ten, so it didn't help if we watched the film or not. <laughs> we get to week five, it's like ah, oh, the season's over. <laughs> All right, we've got more contract news this time coming out of Seattle as they have uh, signed an extension with star wide receiver DK Metcalf. They've agreed to a three year, seventy two million dollar extension that includes fifty eight. Point two million guaranteed that coming out last night at around 7 p.m. according to ESPN's Adam Schefter. Um, it's kind of on the similar line of uh, of Terry McLaurin's contract. He gets one more million in the contract, uh, but I believe it's kind of right there along the same lines as Terry McLaurin. Yeah, they're going to pay him all this money, but they don't have a quarterback to get him the football. So I don't know if that will matter, at least this season, uh, for DK Metcalf. But it does mean this that at least right now the Seahawks appear to be committed to keeping him and Tyler Lockett as their wide receivers one and two and there was a lot of rumors when Wilson got traded that maybe Metcalf at least would be out the door if not Lockett as well and them locking up uh, DK Metcalf shows that they want him to be a part of their team long term their future plans whether it be with Drew Lock or not but at least about what we've seen from Drew Locke so far is that he won't be, uh, I guess, a quarterback that you can rely on to win you games. Yeah, he gets – so I was looking at the contract breakdown. So he gets the guaranteed there of $58.2 million, uh, about $5.2 million more than the – a little – I'd say r- roughly $5 million over what uh, Terry McLaurin is getting because Terry McLaurin – McLaurin, from what I'm seeing, I never saw the exact numbers, but it says roughly $53 million guaranteed. So they're right on par, their contracts are. Yeah. Which I think just goes to show the caliber of player that both guys are and where the NFL is with their wide receiver contract extensions. I mean, they're both three-year extensions. And I think that's kind of what you do with wide receivers now is you're not going to sign them to like the quarterback mega, mega deal for eight, year, eight to ten years, whatever it is. And I think three years, seventy-two, fifty-eight point two is is a great contract. For yeah, both sides. I I don't I I don't think that wide receivers will ever get that kind of money or length on a deal because, as Nick kind of alluded to a minute ago, so much of the wide receiver production is based on the guy who's throwing him the ball, and if you have a bad quarterback who uh, who doesn't get his ball to his receivers very well, then your production at a wide receiver position is probably not going to be all that great. So, you know, McLaurin has been able to do pretty well with mediocre quarterback play. We've talked about it before, and uh, we haven't really seen that yet from DK Metcalf. He's had the luxury of having Russell Wilson, a probably Hall of Famer. For a few weeks here and there. Fair, but for for the majority of his career, going back to his rookie year, he's had mostly consistent production from Russell Wilson, who's been among the the best quarterbacks in the league in that time. We haven't seen him yet play in the NFL with a a quarterback less than that caliber, and he's going to have to this year with either Smith long-term or with Drew Locke. Uh, I don't think either of them have really emerged as the the bona fide starter yet for Seattle this year. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see how his production, if it drops or if it stays mostly consistent with uh, the Russell Wilson years. Um, I'm betting it probably won't stay the same because, again, Locke and Smith combined are nowhere near the quarterback that Russell Wilson is. Uh, The big thing with both Metcalf and Lockett's production 
is that Russell Wilson throws the best deep ball in the NFL, True. according to a lot of people. So, you know, those two guys are guys that mainly excel on going deep. They're not going to be uh, pre- precision route runners and, and do a lot of things underneath, uh, especially Metcalf. I mean, Lockett also excels at going deep, but uh, since we're talking about Metcalf here in particular, that's kind of his uh, main, I guess, skill set. So not having necessarily the best deep ball quarterback should hurt his production, but we'll see. Yeah, and the final topic here for this segment, uh, we talked a little bit about it yesterday on the show. Uh, Dan Snyder was uh, testifying for the House Oversight uh, Committee, and it started roughly at 8 a.m. It was a pu- private, not public conversation. It ended at a at 6.30 p.m. That is a long time. That is it's 11 hours. That's roughly 11 hours. Yeah. Um, wow. Uh, according to his attorneys, quote, uh, a spokesman for Snyder said this, quote, Mr. Snyder fully addressed all questions about workplace mi- misconduct, described the commander's dramatic two-year transformation, and expressed hope for the organization's bright future. Um, uh, he answered every question. And uh, any or all of the transcript can be made public, but it likely will take several days. Both sides receive audio of the deposition and check it against the transcript. He did testify, obviously, from somewhere near Italy, uh, his virtually, yacht, his yacht, you know. yes, virtually. His yacht did move at roughly seven thirty p.m. Eastern Standard Time here last night. So mm-hmm. he moved and went somewhere, uh, but he did volu- he did it voluntarily. And I think you know, just going to wrap this up quickly. Uh, I think that that was the best way to do it because we saw that one with Roger Goodell, and it was just so many weird. Let's talk about why you know Barstool Sports Dave Portnoy was not allowed at games. Like it was just. It was just a, an operation for them to ask dumb questions. Well, that it, were it wasn't about it was it wasn't relevant, you know. Yeah, were, and, and I think if you were going to get anything, I think it couldn't have been public. Yeah, and, I agree. And even though the transcript will come out, I think that helped everything. It probably was in the negotiations of him doing it under oath, not via subpoena. Uh, but I I think that the non-public thing helped, and hopefully we'll get a transcript here yeah, in the next that, few days. That's the most important part of all of this is getting the transcript released and reading the whole thing because I'm betting that Snyder You're doing tried, a lot of betting. I know, but I'm betting that, and of course this isn't confirmed until we see it, but I'm betting that he probably said a lot of positive things and probably tried to put a lot of positive spin on things that might not have been entirely truthful. So yeah. I'm curious to see what the transcript says. Alright, well that'll do it for this segment of the Sports Mix brought to you in part by Parsons Ford. Kent Parsons Ford in Martinsburg we became number one by making you number one. First go to ParsonsFord.com for more. Also, also brought to, also, also brought to you by, also brought to you by the Marriott Group and Ameriprise. Financial advisors John Everson and Phil McCoy. You can call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343 or stop by their offices right here in Martinsburg at 1270 Winchester Avenue. We'll be back here in two minutes Wrap things up for the next two weeks, or I guess the next week. We won't be on all next week. We'll wrap things up, and we'll kind of have a goodbye to Avery. That's next after this two-minute break between the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Be looking good there avery uh just your quick little one minute synopsis on uh on this game tonight these games afternoon guys glad to be on the show for the first time there you um, go. so yeah here's your shepherd basketball report women's team is 13 and 3 on the season 7 and 3 
like first real working intern, Avery Newport. Welcome back to the program. Final segment for this July 29th edition of the Sports Mix. Spencer Punic Verzellini. Avery Newport, one final time on the Sports Mix. Started out as an intern and you worked your butt off. Literally worked your butt off. You did everything you were asked and more. You wanted to do more. And Mike saw that down the hall. When when you yeah, that's a pretty good compliment. Yeah. Because we, there's interns that come through here all the time that uh you know, they do what they're told, but they don't go the extra mile. And you went the extra mile. Mike hired you part time for the summer, you told him your plans and you know, he was kind of disappointed you were leaving, but he's happy that you're going to continue your education. But you know, <laughs> you've done a lot of work here and you basically ran the station while we were in Myrtle Beach. And uh, I don't know how that would have worked if you weren't here and we didn't trust you yeah. because we, the three of us went there. Some, one of us was going to have to get stuck back here. But yeah. uh, it's been a time. Didn't even have to. Uh, we've got a caller. A caller? Oh, Surprise my. caller. I didn't anticipate Welcome to the this. program. Caller, who is this? Hey, guys. Uh, is this the Krusty Krab? <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. This is the sports mix on Talk Rated WRNR and TV 10. Okay, good. I'm in the right place. It's Colin. Hey, uh, Spencer, Nick, and Avery. Avery, you thought I'd miss your last day, man? No oh, chance. Oh, no. Come on. I, I, Colin, come on. You're you're on vacation. You're in Cincinnati, man. You should be enjoying it right now. I know. Why, you guys are me, me away from the Sam Adams tap room right now, so I'm glad it's only for a few minutes so I can get back to start drinking some beer but basically as you heard did you like that uh, intro i made up that you know that special intro i found the first time he was on air with us yeah it was a little quiet but i did my best to uh hear it on this side of the phone but yeah we're definitely going to uh miss you avery the hard work that you put in definitely showed to not only mike but everybody on and off the air in the station the listeners i think the entire community is going to miss you and you always have a home here in martinsburg and i think everybody that's tuned in are wishing you the best when you go to maryland well thank you colin those are very kind words and um yeah it's just you know i've been saying it all day and it's still true i'm i'm very you know i feel very bittersweet about about leaving about this being my last real day and um you know, I have appreciated my time with everybody here. I, you know, I have gotten to learn so much. The three of you guys especially have taught me so much about the radio industry and about local broadcasting. And uh, without this experience, I certainly would not be in the position I'm going to be in going to grad school and everything. So, uh, Colin, I just want to say this while you're on the phone, but I really appreciate the three of you for helping me so much in my career and for, for giving me so much valuable information that I will uh, probably use as as long as I'm working. So. Hey, we're just happy we had somebody that wanted to do the work. I mean, we Nick and I have been there. We yeah. very recently too. Right. So we know what it's like when you want to do something, and you obviously want to do this as a career. Colin, any parting words? I'll let you get back to your day in Cincinnati. Uh, Avery, you're definitely going to go far in this career, and I hope our paths cross another time throughout both of our journeys continue working hard and wish you the best man uh it's gonna be fun to uh, i guess keep in touch we're only a phone call or a text away so i think this group chat and our group of four will uh, never die our group of five now gotta hey, include got uh, fantasy football too. as well yeah, that's right fantasy uh, football too all right colin i'll uh, we'll let you get yep. back to your vacation we'll see you monday thanks colin
All right. Thank you. Go O's. <laughs> Go O's. All right. Uh, I'll yeah. say some words about it. Say some words. Everybody You've got two minutes. Yeah. Well, I just say to to add on, I mean, obviously everybody kind of hit on the main points about Avery in terms of him working extremely hard and doing a lot for us whenever he was asked. But also, Avery always brings a positive attitude, which I think is a great asset that he brings to the team. You know, He never is down or complains about anything that we ask him to do because that would be very easy to do, especially as an unpaid intern, uh, you know, to maybe have a negative attitude about things. But Avery always was very positive. Uh, always just a fun guy to work with, you know, brought a lot of laughter and uh, also did a, a great job w- with what he was doing. So, you know, we appreciate you. I appreciate you. Uh, like Colin and Spencer said, you know, you have our numbers, so you can always contact us. Um, you know, Maryland will be uh, very lucky to have you, I think, and I think you'll do great things there. So stay in touch. Thank you, Nick. That hey. uh, means a lot. Thank you. Remember when we uh, gave you those tests? Yeah, set yes. up everything. <laughs> I do remember those tests. And Avery also holds the record too for the, <laughs> the longest. Well, he away. set the record. Yeah, nobody's ever gone after the record. It's like though. eight minutes, forty-one seconds. If anybody wants to try to top it, but oh, you can. It'll be very easy. I I took a little long. Probably shouldn't have taken that long to do it. But um, yeah, I'm I'm gonna miss working here. I'm gonna miss you guys. Gonna miss coming in and 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 being a part of the the team every day. But. Um, I'm definitely going to keep in touch, going to keep listening to the show, keep tuning into the broadcasts, and uh, I wish you guys the best of luck for high school football and for Shepherd Sports in the fall. All right. Well, that will do it for this edition of the Sports Mix. Again, we will not be back until August 8th. Uh, for Colin, Avery, one final time. Nick, I'm Spencer saying so long, and we'll talk to you on August 8th. The Martinsburg Bulldogs play here only on Talk Radio WRNR Martinsburg.